Welcome to Season 3 of Talking to Humans. I'm Vicki Deemer. I am the Counseling Director at Redemption Gateway. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Andrus. Hey, Mark. Hey, Vicki. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. So this season, we are going to be talking about conflict. How do you fe- How do you feel about conflict? Uh, love it, especially conflict with you. We have lots of opportunities to fight over uh, what we do. So, hmm. <laughs> so maybe this will be helpful for us. <laughs> People will get to see or hear our conflict. Perhaps. So we have a special guest, guest with us, um, our very own Luke Simmons. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Luke. How are you? I'm great. And hi, Mark. Hey, Luke. Nice to see you. Likewise. This is news to me, all this fighting you guys do. I guess we didn't say fighting. We just said conflict. Yeah. Fighting yeah. does not mean conflict. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We're going to talk about that, I think. Yeah. Amazingly yeah, I enough, think we, we don't always see eye to eye on everything. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> so, um, usually I'm right. Usually she thinks she's right. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about conflict. We have Luke here um, to kind of help lay a foundation of why talk about conflict. What's, why look at it, why have it. And so just curious how you are thinking about it. And Yeah, well, I'm curious if I can push it back to you and then, and then you can ask me more questions. <laughs> sure. This whole season's about conflict, right? Yeah, the whole season. So, I mean, there's a million things you guys could have talked about mm-hmm. as you plan this season. Why'd you pick this? Yeah. I think because we experience lots of conflict and um, not just you and Mark, but (laughs) (laughs) humans in general, actually for for me and Mark, right? (laughs) Yeah. Humans in general, we, there's conflict all the time. And so we either avoid it or we engage in it in unhelpful, unhealthy ways. Um, Yeah. Maybe we're afraid of it or, or maybe we, um, you know, Enneagram, I'm thinking of an eight, maybe that that's the way that they like to engage with in the world. Um, and so kind of just this idea of, of how do we engage it? What, what does the Bible say about it? Yeah, I would say, I mean, in a lot of my, a lot of my counseling and care ministry that I'm involved in, one of the common themes that shows up throughout difficult situations is this uh, reality that the people just generally don't know how to handle conflict. Yeah. They're afraid of it. They're, they're worried that, uh, you know, if you, if there's any kind of conflict, that means the relationship is at risk. Yeah. And so people just don't go there. Um, they don't know how to handle it. And so they either don't handle it at all yep. or something blows up mm-hmm. and there's, I feel like there's probably a redemptive in between. Um, and, uh, and so for me, part of what I'm excited about and why this is not just a one conversation, but a whole season is there's a lot of different facets of yes. what it looks like to engage in conflict. And, yeah. uh, but want to start with kind of examining even what, what is a theology of conflict? Like, yeah. is there a place for it? Is it a result of the fall? Mm. Um, or is there, is there some kind of redemptive place for conflict in our theology? I would agree. Well said. Yeah. Well, how can I help? <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke, with your <laughs> decades of experience, uh, I, I guess the, the first question I'd have is um, kind of like what I was saying before, like is, is conflict a sin issue? Like when you think about the way that God has designed relationships to work, like is there a place for conflict or like is it, is it before the fall? Is it after the fall? Like what's the role of conflict in, in relationships in your mind? Yeah, so reflecting on it theologically, um, you know, you read Genesis 1 and 2, there isn't any conflict described there, but there's also a lot of things not described there, mm-hmm. you know. So um, just because something's not described there doesn't mean it might not have been there. Um, you know, when we think of conflict, we usually think of it being, kind of like you guys are saying, pretty negative, yeah. right? It usually is conflict gone wrong, conflict that's bad, conflict that's unhealthy, conflict that is destructive in relationships, 
I'm not sure that it actually is always bad, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, if you think about what conflict is, and I, I meant to look up a definition in Webster's or something. Maybe you can find one for us, Mark. But, you know, essentially conflict is people disagreeing about something. Yeah. And not all disagreements are sinful. Right. Some of them are. Um, a lot of the disagreements come just out of different personalities, you know, different preferences. The, the, the diversity of how God's made us means we value different things. We like different things. We prefer different things. And so I think about, you know, in my closest relationships with my wife, when I think about relationship with my parents, when I think about my relationships with my kids, um, we just see the world differently. And so I would like to watch a football game and my oldest daughter would like to not. Mm. And it's like we have to Mm. decide, are we going to watch something? Are we not going to watch something? Or, Mm. and in a sense, that's a conflict. Now, if we're mean about it or if we're dismissive about it or if we're something else about it, then it can become bad. But the conflict is inherently over Mm -hmm. just what are we going to watch? Are we going to watch anything? And so in that sense, I, I, you know, I, I actually think in the new heavens and new earth, and maybe we can talk more about this. I think there will still be conflict. Um, but I think we'll be much better at handling it. It's interesting. I was, you know, and I did pull up the dictionary definition here. So there's several, obviously, but the first one that, that comes up is as a verb means to come into collision or disagreement, be contradictory at variance or in opposition or clash. Okay. E- even in the dictionary definition, like there's, there is this kind of implied negativity, but what I was thinking, yeah, about, the words collision and, yeah. and yeah. clash <laughs> sound violent, right? No, like opposition in opposition, there's winning and losing. Hmm. Mm. Um, and I, I would, I would think like in the theological component, like if, if conflict means somebody wins and somebody loses, that is like, that's adding a, a layer of tension that maybe doesn't need to be there. Like mm-hmm. you talk about, Hey, here's, you know, you and your oldest daughter. Well, if you win and you get to watch a football game, now there's this victory. Now there's ability to lord it over somebody as opposed to conflict simply being, we have different desires. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the winning yeah the winning and losing component I think is a is a difficult thing to do but I'm curious when you talk about you think there will be conflict in the new heavens and the new earth yeah what would that look like I mean like you're playing the wrong chords on your harp as you're sitting on the cloud you know like <laughs> I hope it doesn't look like that because um, I will be a very good harpist no I I don't think that's what I don't think that's what eternity is going to feel like at all I mean part of me honestly guys I kind of hope there's conflict. Mm. Because um, every great story centers around conflict. Mm-hmm. It centers around attention. It centers around something that's not exactly aligned. And the resolution of the conflict is what makes it a good story. And I've wondered a lot about, well, our biggest problem, our biggest you know, tension is sin God is resolving that through Jesus, through his life and his death and his resurrection and his return. And so uh, we will be sinless, but I don't know that that, but that doesn't mean we'll become identical. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we all kind of, I don't know, just feels maybe inherent to the Christian subculture that I've been around is the sense almost that like we'll all become the same in the Mm. new heavens and new earth. That doesn't sound very inviting like yeah. i'm not no. you say that yeah. I, I don't well, need to get excited but the way it is is it's more like we'll all be we'll all think exactly like god mm. which means and i think maybe this comes out of the place in is it first corinthians 13 where uh, paul says you know now we see as in a as a mere dimly mm-hmm. then we'll be known fully right we'll know as we're fully known 
And I think it almost is this idea that we, we tend to think, well, we will become omniscient yeah. in eternity. We'll know everything. And that's not true. We're not God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to keep learning. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep discovering. Part of how you learn and grow and discover is you are wrong about some stuff. And so there will be the absence of sin. I don't know that there will be the absence of mistakes. Hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I definitely don't think there will be the absence of unique and distinct perspectives. Right? You, Mark, are you. Mm. And you will be you, mm. the most Jesus-like version of you in the new heavens and new earth. And I'll be the most Jesus-like version of me. And Vicky, you'll be the most Jesus-like version of you. But we're not going to become... You know, we're not going to be walking around in silver spacesuits like yeah. we've all just become, you know, automatrons of yeah. the, each other. So I'm thinking of James 4.1, and it talks about what causes quarrels and fights among you. So, and I think this is what we usually think about conflict. It's because mm-hmm. what you want, um, you don't get. So you, you kill, you fight to get what you want. So kind of in the, the new heavens and new earth, we still might want things. Sure. Um, and what I... You know, there's this difference of what I want and mm-hmm. what somebody else wants. There still might be conflict, but it won't be onto this. Um, yeah. Well, I would say that I think there will be conflict, but there won't be quarrels. Mm. There will be conflict, but there won't be fighting. There will be conflict, but there won't be controversy. Uh, there will be conflict, but there won't be cruelty. Mm. Wow. Um, so, you know, in, in any good relationship, there's conflict. Yeah. Um, just a helpful book that's blessed me over the years that's not a Christian book, but it's just about organizational life and leadership is this book by Patrick Lencioni called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm. And he says the first dysfunction in a team is an absence of trust, but when there's an absence of trust in a team or in a group, or you can think about it in a family or in a marriage or in a you know all sorts of environments, when there's an absence of trust, the next dis- dysfunction is there's a fear of conflict. Mm. And if people are afraid of conflict, then they won't say what they really think. They won't express yeah. what they really feel like is important. And when there's this fear of conflict, then there's an actually an inability to buy in together and to go in a clear direction. And, it, you know, it just cascades. And so even that just has helped me to go, you know what? Conflict's not bad. Yeah. Fighting's bad. Quarreling's bad. Selfishness yeah. is bad. Cruelty's bad. Bowing up in power over somebody is bad. Um, but I think it's actually really great. And I think about times when I sort of think Molly, want, my wife, wants to do a particular thing, and she goes, I'd actually rather not do that. Mm. Like, mm. oh, good. Thank you for telling me <laughs> what you really think. Like, now we don't have to be less happy, you know, doing the other thing I thought we were going to do. Um, so, so yeah, I, and I think now, all that said, most of how we experience conflict it has the sin piece in it. So it makes total sense to me that people would think, okay, I'm not going to have conflict anymore because I'm going to have peace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as if those two things are mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah. So wh- why are we afraid of conflict? Like when you, you've been in pastoral ministry for years, you've been a father for years, you've been a husband for years, like you have all these different spheres of relationships, Vicki and I as well. Like what are the, some of the common things that you see that are causes of people to be afraid of conflict? Is this something to be avoided rather than something that's a part of God's design for relationships? Uh, I mean, we're all hurt by conflict gone poorly. We've all experienced that. You know, we've all experienced when uh, somebody just nitpicked you about whatever. We've experienced when somebody took an issue that was a level three issue and Mm -hmm. treated it like a level 10 issue. Mm -hmm. 
we've all had the experience where somebody had a problem with us and they didn't say anything and they didn't say anything and they didn't say anything and it all erupted all at once. And, you know, and those are just a few versions of all the ways we've experienced conflict go bad. And so I think we're afraid of it because it's, it's done poorly. We don't do it very well. Um, in some cases, you know, if you take that Lencioni example, you know, for example, if, if you're in a relationship with someone you don't trust, um, then it doesn't feel particularly, uh, good to disagree with them because you're not sure are they really mm-hmm. for me i think that's one of the other big things is in the new heavens and new earth we'll love one another yeah. we'll be mm-hmm. for each other we'll be committed to each other's mm-hmm. good we won't have to question each other's motives uh, we won't have that whole mixture of motives that we have now and so the conflict will actually be part of what makes things mm-hmm. fun and interesting and mm-hmm. how we'll get to know each other but it won't be yeah it won't be hurtful yeah so those are some reasons i'd say what would you say why do we fear conflict? I think part of part of it is, like you said, when we've we've mostly had negative experiences of conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, if you grow up in a household where conflict means somebody raises a grievance and then experiences a cold shoulder and silence for three days. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, now I've learned like conflict means the relationship is almost done. Mm-hmm. So some of it's from some negative experiences. Um, and then a- another aspect I've seen is even just. Uh, actually some self-awareness of my own inability to handle conflict well. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't trust my own self-control, my own, like, can I actually be for you? And so I just don't go there because I don't want to hurt somebody. Yeah. And like, I think there's actually something that's commendable about that. If you have that self-awareness to know what your weaknesses are, mm-hmm. I do think there's a component to go, okay, well, is there an area to grow or do you settle with that being where it is? But those are a couple yeah. of things that I've yeah. seen. What would you add, Vicki? Yeah, I would say, um, then I might not get what I want, mm. right? Because if we're, you know, we kind of talked about this winning, losing, or I'm wrong, and I don't want to be wrong, so there's this. Yeah. Um, but but what you're doing is you're kind of reframing it for us that it's it doesn't have to be this negative thing. Like, it, it can be a positive thing by thinking our fallen sinful view. Yeah. It. Well, and it is interesting because if you're with someone you trust, you know is uh, going to love you no matter what. Yeah. It's a lot easier to say, okay. hey, here's this thing. But it's still hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, especially if, it, you know, and especially because a lot of the conflict in our world is confronting somebody over something yeah. that's a disappointment or yeah. over a letdown. Like, it's interesting that you asked me to come beyond this and I guess to reflect theologically about conflict. But I don't feel like, personally, I don't feel particularly great at conflict. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm generally kind of conflict avoidant. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons is... uh you know, to talk about fears is I want people to like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid that if I have a conflict with somebody and express a, you know, difficult thing and confront someone about something that that will risk them not liking me. Um, and so that, you know, there's all sorts of reasons that, so anyway, so yeah, I don't feel like I'm particularly great at it. Um, and I actually look forward to maybe being better at it <laughs> uh, when I don't have, you know, all my fallenness. Well, keep, yeah, keep listening to the season of Talking to Humans. Yeah. Hopefully it'll help you be better. I think it will. <laughs> One of the things that struck me about what Vicky said is like the, why don't we do conflict? Well, because what if I don't get what I want? Yeah. Like implied in that is the purpose of conflict is to get my way, mm-hmm. to get what I want. And I do feel like there's a, a re, scripture reframes conflict, even in terms of God's design for conflict is um, it's not to get what I want, uh, but it's rather to be able to understand the other person better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
so often there's even conflict because I'm assuming yeah. I know what you think. Yeah. Uh, or I'm assuming this is your perception on something or this is what you want. Um, and, and conflict then is actually an invitation to pursue honesty that says, okay, I might be right. I might be wrong. What is it that you're desiring? And so, uh, but, it, but if the, if the primary function of it is to get my way, yeah, uh, it is going to go sideways. Whereas if well, it's an opportunity to get to know somebody else, yeah. now there's an opportunity for love. Yeah. So I, I, one of the things I was wondering, thinking about this conversation was, is Jesus prayer in the garden of Gethsemane mm. conflict? Mm-hmm. Mm. Father, if there's anything possible, let this cup pass for me. Yeah. Not my will, but yours be done. Mm. And he prayed it three times, um, which feels like seems meaningful. Some back yeah. and forth. Yeah, he's wrestling through mm. it. You know, Jesus says, "I don't do anything except what I hear from the Father." Yeah. And yet, in that moment, he's saying, "Father, I don't really want to do this." Yeah, like in me, there's some. There's at least some inner conflict yeah. in right. Jesus to the point where he's actually stressed to the level of sweating blood. Yeah. And it seems like he's willing to be honest with the father about that. Now it's not contentious and it's not, right. you know, it's not clearly not sinful, but that feels like some conflict. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that fair? Do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Certainly like even the conflict of conflict of wills, hmm. um, like he's acknowledging my will in this, and I, into weird stuff like how do you understand the trinity like that's a different sure. conversation like there's a certain degree to which jesus human will in that moment is saying god how about a plan b yeah you know mm-hmm. plan a yeah. i know we made that some before the foundation of time but like that feels like it's gonna hurt is there is there an opportunity to reconsider this but then to go not not my will but yours like even in that statement there's acknowledging mm-hmm. of a divergence yeah. of wills which is yeah. inherently conflict but but what i love about that is like even what you mentioned, like there doesn't seem to be this fear in Jesus of bringing that before the father, yeah. rather honestly going, God, here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an invitation, even in all the Psalms yeah. to, to approach and a lot of prophets to approach God in that way. Um, but we don't often get that invitation from other people. Like yeah. we, we also don't like seek out like, Hey, tell me what you really yeah. think mm-hmm. uh, to like to, to give and receive feedback because it, they're just, we don't have that same kind of experience with other people uh, where it is free from fear in order to be able to do so. Yeah, I'm thinking about how Jesus engaged with the Father. Like he, he, he took that and engaged with God, and we don't always do that horizontally. But then also this question of what do I do when I don't get what I want? Mm. And, right. and how do I handle disappointment? Or like I think this is the best way. This is what I want. You know, even something simple like I want to watch this and you want to watch that. Sure. So what what do I do when? At that point, we pick a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Then we're bo- then <laughs> we're both wants. happy. I was going to say we're both disappointed. Okay. <laughs> we're both disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But how do I handle? How do I respond to when it doesn't go my way? When I don't get what I want? Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Can I handle disappointment? Well, and if if you go okay. We're made in the image of a relational God. Uh, therefore, relationships, right, the quality of our life is dependent on the quality of our relationships. Mm-hmm. The quality of your relationships, to a large degree, every great relationship you'd have, you'd go, it feels like there's a lot of honesty between us. Yeah. Now, it's honesty in a context of love and of trust mm-hmm. and of confidence and of support, but it's honesty, right? Like, yeah. if you're in a relationship with someone and you're always guessing what they really yeah. think, what they really feel, what they really want, you don't feel close to them. Yeah. And so if you're going to be honest about what you want, well, there's going to be conflict at times because sometimes I'm going to express something that surprises you or you didn't want me to want mm. or I didn't, you didn't know I felt. And so it, it, it's in those moments where, okay, there's, there's a conflict and now 
this conflict can go poorly yeah. or it can go better. And, you know, I'm counting on you guys to help us figure out how to help them go better <laughs> through the course of this season. But, yeah, I think my, my big exhortation would be to say, hey, not all conflict's bad. Yeah. Most of how we experience it is. It often ends up bad, but it isn't inherently bad. Yeah. So, so we talk a lot at Redemption about the true story of the world. Um, the, you know, we, how we locate ourselves in that story and the meta narrative of scripture and all that kind of stuff. Um, and built into the true story of the world is conflict. Like conflict is a part of God's design. Obviously when you think about the, you know, the first gospel in Genesis three, where the promise of the Messiah, like, you know, he's going to bruise your heel and you're going to crush mm -hmm. his head. Like that is a violent, you know, conflicting picture mm -hmm. um and thank god for that conflict no kidding mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. If, the, if there wasn't that kind of conflict we you know, we wouldn't be here or we'd be you know doing a yeah lot i mean in a things. sense when we pray god let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven we're praying for conflict yeah mm. so god would yeah. your preferences crush the yes. preferences of the enemy wow so we we and it's e it's easy to see and at least i think it is easy to see and accept that from like a big picture true story of the world perspective god's design for conflict in salvation in redemption in the cross mm -hmm. it's a little bit harder to bring that into personal relationships sure so how would you like how would you describe or speak to god's design for conflict mm -hmm. in those interpersonal relationships yeah well i think what god wants us to do is love one another right that's what he says is the greatest command love him with all our heart soul mind strength love our neighbors ourselves and conflict is this opportunity to build love mm -hmm. it's also an opportunity to destroy it mm -hmm. um, but even there there's hope because there's times when we totally screw it up and then there's an opportunity to patch it up and mm -hmm. actually your trust grows and your love grows so I think that's what I that's what comes to mind when you ask a question mark is just um yeah, what God is wanting is for us to love one another. What love requires is honesty and compassion and care and seeing and noticing and, and speaking. And to do that well, we're going to have to be honest. To be honest, we're going to have to endure conflict. But the end result of that is that hopefully we understand one another better, we love one another better, um, even in the times when we mess it up and disappoint one another. Yeah, it's making me think it's in the context of conflict where um, my heart is going to be exposed. So maybe it's even an opportunity for sanctification. Sure. Um, it, it's exposing that which is not good or sinful in me. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, process. no doubt. Like, yeah, you have all these relational moments where you go like, man, I screwed that up. Yeah. Right? Where maybe there wasn't a conflict until I screwed it up, yeah. and now there's a conflict. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I mean, so much of life, actually, when we stop and think about this, is like engaging with some kind of conflict. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad you guys are tackling it. So does that mean conflict is something to be sought out? Um, in what sense? Well, I mean, like, hey, if, if conflict, I, I'm doing a little bit of hyperbole, you know, but like if, if conflict is, you know, a way by which we develop opportunities to love people. You know, uh, you know, to lay my, you know, lay my desires down for the sake of another, uh, or if conflict is a way by which, like my own, you know, idols are exposed, mm -hmm. you know, stuff of my, you know, passions at war within my own heart. Um, like if that's true, part of the sanctification process, part of the development of love, should I seek out conflict? Like, look for the things. Man, here's you know, here's three things that really bother me about Vicky. I'm gonna go bring them up and create this opportunity for conflict, so that then there's the opportunity for, you know 
honesty and <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? Like, sure. Yeah. Should we seek conflict out? Uh, I, I'd probably say yes and no. You know, on one hand, no, you don't need to. It's coming. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, it will come. <laughs> on the other hand, it, a lot of this is your personality, right? I don't mean your personality, Mark or Vicky, but just someone's personality. It's like some people are much more conflict avoidant. And to them, I'd say, you should probably seek mm-hmm. out conflict. You should probably engage with it. You should lean into it. Other people are conflict hungry. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, you're probably quarrelsome yeah. and looking for a fight and trying to stir the pot and you should pump the brakes, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was in a meeting earlier today with a group of people from our staff trying to talk through an upcoming event, and uh, different people were sharing different perspectives on what they thought should happen with that, and I just sensed in that meeting that some people whose opinions really mattered weren't fully saying what they Mm -hmm. thought it should be, Mm -hmm. right? And so in that moment, I think one of my jobs as a leader in a conversation like that is to unearth the conflict. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Not to make people mad at each other and not to create some fight within our staff. And that didn't happen. But to be able to try to actually get to the best decision, what Mm -hmm. should we have? We're going to need the people who have a lot of experience and wisdom and perspective on something to say, here's what I really think. And even if people end up not getting what they want, if they're heard and if they're understood, then hopefully not only do we end up with the best decision, but our relationship's stronger because we've actually been honest and been caring. So it, I think depending on the environment, yeah, you should seek it out. Mm. And depending on your personality, no, you mm. should, uh, you know, just be a little more gentle. Yeah. Yeah. It creates for uh, more robust relationships and even like the event, like if somebody's withholding that there might be something that they're bringing that actually would be, hadn't been considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so creating the space where we need the input of everybody, everybody's voice matters. Yeah. And I, I was thinking through the, even like you describe your role in that moment, like, hey, part of my job as, mm. as you know pastor is to kind of draw some of the stuff out. And that, that applies over so many different areas. You think about parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people I talk to, um, you know, did not have modeled for them. Like they either had really horrible, severe conflict or no conflict. Right. Not very many like, wow, that was really helpful learning experience to see, you know, conflict modeled in a, you know, sanctifying sort of way. Um, but to be able to like recognize there are some situations in which we have influence, power, authority, mm-hmm. and to be able to leverage that in an appropriate way, um, you know, to draw that out, to, you know, have those conversations with kids, to invite, you know, to invite different opinions. Um, but I also think for other people to see us, like we, you know, we joked at the beginning of this about me and Vicky having all sorts mm-hmm. of conflict. There are times where we have differing mm-hmm. perspectives on something. Sure. Yep. Um, yep. And some of those conversations are like, hey, we need to have that stuff in private. There are some times where you talk about it in the context of a staff meeting or mm-hmm. family gathering around the table where there's actually a tremendous benefit uh, to, to model that and not like hash things out to fight it out, but like, hey, I'm really having a hard time understanding this, drawing yeah. those sorts of things out and then modeling. And we'll have some of these conversations later on in this in the season, but having more of those modeling conversations of what it looks like to try to begin to give some of those experiences that a lot of us just don't have because we only have the negative experiences Luke, yeah. that, that you mentioned before. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you talk to anyone who's experienced a marriage and they're going to say, Hey, listen, one of the keys to a good marriage is you have to learn to fight fair. Yeah. You know, you're going to fight, mm-hmm. you're going to have conflict, you're going to have disagreements and you don't want to do it passive aggressively where it's just like, Hey, we're fighting, but no one is talking about it, yeah. right? That's still a fight. <laughs> Everybody knows, but nobody's doing it. Yeah. You don't want to fight aggressive aggressively, you know? Um, 
you have to learn how, how do we disagree? How do we have conflict? How do we navigate this? How do we communicate honestly? How do we understand? How do we compromise? How do we say, not my will in this mm-hmm. case, but yours be done? And how do we at times say, hey, my will, not yours be done, mm-hmm. right? And and all of that is the art of relationships, which is uh, not easy. And I think that's a pretty big point because, um, you know, some of the counseling I've done with people, they think that if there's no conflict, that they're healthy. Hmm. You know, so like, oh, like we don't fight, you know, we, yeah. then it's like, but, but that's not actually not reality. Like, yeah. The, to me, then you're withholding or because there's two people with differing opinions, points of view, desires, and put them in a room together. There's at some point going to be sure conflict. Yeah. Well, I wonder, and you know, obviously, obviously it depends, but I wonder if those are people who mostly have experienced the harshness of conflict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, whew, as long as I don't have that, it's yes. good. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, um, and I would say like, it's probably more enjoyable mm-hmm. to have a place where you don't fight Yeah. than to have one where you're always fighting. That's right. probably better, but neither one is really actually thriving. Yeah. Yeah. But this idea of like that you've been kind of saying between conflict and fighting, Yeah, you know, like that's a pretty big distinction. Like, sure. like there's this. It doesn't have to be quarrelsome. It doesn't have to be ugly. Um, it can be on to something better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a couple couple thoughts here. Just kind of look at a couple passages of scripture. You know, the first is, you know, Ephesians 5.21, uh, which is right before all these kind of expectations for roles of, of husbands and wives and family relationships and all that kind of stuff. But Ephesians 5.21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and in conflict... Like, what does submission look like in conflict is a question I'm mm. thinking through. It's like, mm-hmm. well, um, unless you and I are both honest about our opinions, perspectives on something, um, it's it's not until the honesty is there where I'm actually then able to actually submit my desires or preferences to somebody else. But if we hold back, if there's a passive-aggressive thing, then we can't do it. But then also, if you never go there, there's never the opportunity for reconciliation. Yeah. Mm. So like yep. Paul, Paul and Barnabas at the end of uh, Acts chapter 15 – you know, there's a, there's a sharp disagreement that arises between the two of them over like, hey, who should we take with us on this missionary journey? And they couldn't come to the same agreement on mm. that. And so Barnabas goes with one dude one way. Paul goes with another dude another way. Um, and and yet both go out commended by the churches. Mm. So whatever that sharp disagreement was that was there, clearly, you know, I'm assuming there's probably some failure in how they handled it, you know, some flaws, but like the church sends and supports both of them going out. And then there's evidence as Paul mentions Barnabas yeah. in some of the epistles that are written later on, yeah. like, Hey, this is my brother commending him in his name. Um, that there's like that opportunity there was, you know, the opportunity was there for that kind of reconciliation um, that again, never would have been there had both parties not gone. Hey man, I, I don't think so. Like, you do this, I do that, but like, we can't do this together right now. Well, and that's where it's like um, we have to just have the confidence that we're on the same team. Mm. And when you don't have that confidence, conflict's really hard. You know, that, that's been probably one of the key things for Molly and I in our marriage. We were both athletes. And so that language has been really helpful for us. Hey, we're on the same team. Yeah. And if we're on the same team, well, then, hey, this isn't about you win, I lose, right? It's not who, who gets what they want. It's like we win together or we yeah. lose together. Yes. So yeah. let's let's work through that. Um but man, that's all easier said than done. And you guys are going to be here to <laughs> coach us through it. So that's great. Yeah. Any last words of just encouragement or thought as we end our conversation? Yeah. Um, 
depending on where people are coming from, I just realize uh, they might hear everything I'm saying and go, he is so out of touch, man. Like my life is just so filled with all kinds of conflict that doesn't, man, if this is in the new heavens and new earth, I don't want to go, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I would just say, um, you know, that says something about what you've experienced, but I, but I think actually um, the Lord might be inviting you through this process into something that's healthier, that's more caring, that's more kind, that's more honest, um, and be open to that, that not all conflict inherently is bad. Yeah. Any last words, Mark? Um, the, the primary thing that I just want to encourage people to do is, is you're wrestling through this, whether it's something you think you're good at or something you can't even imagine trying to put into practice. Um, there is one direction in which it's always safe to kind of mm. express conflicting communication and that's in prayer before God. So mm, yeah. even if you're thinking through this and like, I can't imagine what it would be like to, to engage in this in horizontal relationships. I'd invite yeah. you even now to go like, like Jesus in the garden. Like, Hey, what are the things that, that, you might be afraid to express to God that God's actually inviting you to express mm. and to, to begin to, to take that even conflicting will before him and allow him to minister to you and be patient and tender and kind with you, you know, rather than perhaps the, the angry response mm. that, that you might expect from God and, and begin to put that into practice there in the hopes that God will cultivate that into, um, you know, taking out into the horizontal relationships. Yeah. It makes me think about the Psalms and yeah, everything that was Raleigh and honestly expressed to God there. When I remember a spot in the, in a praying life by Paul Miller, I wish I could remember the scripture reference on this. It's somewhere in the prophets where God actually confronts the people because mm. he has disciplined them mm. and they didn't cry out to him mm. frustrated yeah. about it. And he said, yeah. it's basically a condemnation. Hey, you didn't really have faith. You didn't really love me mm. because you didn't get in my face about this. Wow. It makes me think of, a you know, Mark, you and I both played baseball. And if an ump really blows a call, they really mess it up. Right, the manager runs out there to argue. Mm. It never changes the call. <laughs> it never makes a difference. Nope, not even once. Except what it does is it tells the team, I got mm. your back. Yeah. yeah, I care about this. I care yeah. about what's going on. And so when we are honest with God, when we're honest with each other, it's actually a way of saying, mm. Lord, here's what I really want. Here's what I really hope for. And that's how relationships built. That's how love takes place. And that's how we grow. Awesome. Well, thank you, Luke. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Um, we have a lot of uh Exciting episodes coming up. We'll be looking at different aspects, like Mark mentioned, of conflict, um, listening, family of origin, just to name a couple. Um, So stay tuned for more. See you next time.